Spring is here, and you can now get almost anything you need for your sunny days delivered with Uber Eats. What do we mean by almost? Well, you can't get a well-groomed lawn delivered, but you can get a chicken parmesan delivered. A cabana? That's a no. But a banana? That's a yes. A nice tan? Sorry. Nope. But a box fan? Happily yes. A day of sunshine? No. A box of fine wines? Yes. Uber Eats can definitely get you that. Get almost, almost anything delivered with Uber Eats. Order now. Alcohol in select markets. Product availability may vary by region. See app for details. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all... It's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Hello and welcome to the Resties Football uh, Q&A episode uh, with me, Gary Lineker, uh, Alan Shearer and Micah Richards. Um, let's start with a question from DMC McNamara. Uh, how did you decide on the three of you for the podcast? Uh, brilliant dynamic. Uh, Micah and Alan uh, laughing is uplifting. Uh, love it. Well, thank you very much, um, can't imagine your name's DMC, but Mr. McNamara. Um, right. Um, I suppose we really hatched the idea during uh, the Qatar World Cup. Um, we had a lot of time on our hands and spent a lot of time together. And also, of course, we'd, we've worked together um, both in terms of a podcast and match of the day many times. And we thought it might be a good idea. In Actually, the truth is I, I just persuaded the two of you. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's go back though, Gary. Let's go mm. real back real because back. you lot started a podcast. Mm. It was sort of during COVID, wasn't it? It was the three big hitters. It was you two and Righty. That's that's how it started. And basically, you're a substitute. I was a. It was just like my <laughs> career, wasn't it? Just like my career, and I had big shoes to fill with Righty, didn't I? Come on, let's be honest because. Everybody loves Righty. And I remember from the first couple of ones, where's Righty? Oh, I'm sick to death of Mikey. Why, why is Righty not here? And as it went on a little <laughs> bit, people started getting used to me a little bit. And that's when I thought, actually, okay, people are starting to respect me a little bit. And then that's when you said, Gary, I yeah. think we should do our own. Yeah. Right? And, and, and of course, and unlike your football career, Micah, you, you, you've not really, you've not so much burst onto the scene, but kind of eased your way in. Mm. Mm. Just eased my way. But that's the thing. I don't, I didn't, I don't want to burst. I didn't want to burst onto the scene. I've done that in the past and it's gone the other way quite as quick in terms of, you know, didn't play as much games as I wanted, always injured. So let's just hope now with the broadcasting career, it can be slow and grow. And yes, exactly. Please. Slow and grow. No, actually, we, we, we spent a lot of time talking about it in, in Qatar to do um, a podcast along these lines because obviously I'm in the podcast 
business with 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 Goal Hanger. Um, it's my company along with Jack and Tony, and we wanted to do a football podcast. It seemed mad that we had so many big podcasts. You know, the rest is history, the rest is politics, empire, and so on and so forth. Um, and we thought. Why is there not a monster football podcast out there? And perhaps we could make it um, one. And so there are lots of very good football podcasts, obviously, but they're all lots of them are journalistically led um, and they're a little bit earnest. And I wanted to get one where we'd have, we'd discuss football, serious issues, but also have some some fun and recount some of our tales from, from our careers and our experiences. And hence, um, hence we started and we wanted to start at the um, beginning of a season. And here we are. And we get on well, lads. We like taking the piss out of each other and we don't mind hammering each other, do we? It's quite good fun, isn't it? Not at all. And to be honest, <laughs> Alan, you deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. But not to... Um... Just lastly, before we move on, I think having the different ages as well for the dynamic helps because if I've got the the modern stories, I know this is about, I can see the way <laughs> you're looking you at me. Like, <laughs> the older, because when you, every time you mention a story, both of you, about Gaza, people are instantly tuned in because everyone's got their heroes. So, and then I've played with like some modern day and everyone looks, loves Jack Grealish now, don't they? And I've got stories about Grealish and Balotelli. So I think all these things together really works. Speaking of the ages, are you all right, guys? You taking your meds this morning? Are you, you, you got out of bed all right? And, yeah. Don't worry about me, Alan. <laughs> I'm out of my bed. I'm full, I've walked the dog. I've, I've done many things, even though it's uh, relatively early on a Tuesday morning. Um, I've got a question from Lindsay Ramskill. Um, she asks, if you could lift any other sporting trophy, what would it be? That's a good question. But are we talking outside of football, Gaz? Or are we talking just yes. like... Yes, I think that's clearly the question, is outside of football. Any other trophy? Um, no, it'd have, to, it'd have to be Augusta, wouldn't it? Yeah, the Masters. Yeah. No, yeah, I mean, yeah, just that green, that green jacket. Yeah, I suppose it counts. Does that count as a trophy? You do get one, don't you, though? You get that, like, copy of the clubhouse, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that would be incredible. Micah? We've got to go Super Bowl, haven't we? Imagine the Super Bowl. I can see you in the Super Bowl. time show and everything. That's a bit of me, that America, isn't it? In, in England, you know, we might have, what do we have at halftime? We have scores. We have people running on the pit, the mascot. But in America, we've got proper yeah. entertainment. So, we, yeah, get or- we get sliced oranges at halftime, don't we? <laughs> so I'm going to say, yeah, I'm going to say Super Bowl, NFL. All right. Well, I was I was thinking about the Masters, but I'm going to go for something else. I'm going to say, and probably the smallest trophy in sport, which is the Ash- urn, is it? The urn, the ashes, the ashes urn, beating Australia, scoring a double century. Oh, that would be that that would be uh, very special uh, indeed. Paul Blankley asks, um, and I noticed this one, so I wanted to make sure that. Um, he did hear that it was the truth. It says, Gary, I seem to recall an incident at Philbo, which I presume he means Filbert Street, which I name my dog after, uh, where Jock, uh, which is Jock Wallace, had you up against the wall at half time. Can you confirm? And By the lugs. 
And for Alan and Micah, any similar manager incidents for you both? Loving this series, by the way. Thank you very much, Paul. Um, it was indeed true. Um, I was playing in the reserves at Leicester. Jock Wallace had just been appointed manager uh, of Leicester City. And it was a midweek game at Filbert Street, a night match, um, playing for the reserves and came in at half time. Went and sat in my spot in the dressing room and Jock Wallace, who for those of you who don't know, was the former Rangers manager. Um, he was a Scottish goalkeeper. Um, he was a huge character, big personality, uh, love him to bits. And he was about you know, six foot four, wide as a door. And the first time I ever saw him was in this half time and he walks in the dressing room. He looks incandescent with rage and he's where he's going you english shake you lazy fucking and, and i thought christ he's looking at me and he walks in and I, <laughs> I tell no lies things were different back then he picked me up by the scuff of the neck and kind of pinned me against the wall and i'm just going you lazy we english shake you're gonna do more in a day <laughs> and i was going oh my god i wouldn't have minded but we were two nil up and i'd scored both goals um, <laughs> And I, honestly, so um, in the second half, I went out and I was useless, right? I was a gibbering wreck. I thought, oh my God, this is like a nightmare. Coming at the end of the game, he comes in the dressing room and he, he goes, Weema, in my office, nine o'clock in the morning. So I went, okay, okay. So I go home and I think my career's over. I was 17 at the time. I thought, it's curtains. So I, I get there. I get there early. Um, I, I back caught to nine. I was sat outside his office like the naughty boy waiting to see the headmaster. And eventually he come, come in, laddie. Sit down. So I sat down opposite <laughs> him. I forgive the accents. I love it. Keep going. <laughs> We're impressed. Uh, so he said, sit down. And I went, and I sat down and I'm, I'm shaking, thinking my career's about to be ended. And he went, I want to say one thing, laddie. He said, you were magnificent last night. <laughs> and I went, I beg your pardon. He said, I, he said, I just wanted to make sure I keep your feet on the ground. You've got a wee chance. <laughs> and I was, and I, and I thought, God, he could have told me that last night. Um, I never slept a wink. Um, so that is it. <laughs> what a brilliant story yeah, that and, is. Uh, and a brilliant accent as well. well I'm not it. sure. It was, he, he, was, he barked it far louder than I uh, did. Um, from Ollie Davis, uh, with the rumours around that some USA players aren't happy about not being paid to play in the Ryder Cup, what happens with footballers' international fees? Well, I don't know about in, in your eras, but certainly in mine, um, not that, that there wasn't much of a sound of it, we always gave it away to charity. No one took any money from playing for England. I think there's probably more of a bonus set up now if they do particularly well, but I, I'm not sure it's changed. Um, Alan, your time? Yeah, do you know, do you know what it is? I couldn't, I mean, I, I'm aware that we give uh, a lot of it, most of it away um, when we played for England, but I couldn't even, I couldn't even tell you whether we got paid and how much <laughs> it was. I didn't know. It was, it was one of those things that was pretty irrelevant, I think. So I, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't have a clue. Um, I think we got, we certainly got bonuses in World Cups and European Championships, but again, a lot of it was given away to charity. Uh, I think we got one. Well, no, we, no, we did get paid. We definitely did get paid. Um, and I think the company was called 1966. So say if you go away for a, a doubleheader, like a 10 day, 
I think you got paid like 10 or 15 grand. Um, and then we used to get bonuses that used to go straight to charity, like um, Alan said. But I remember there was one time earlier on within the squad, and don't forget, England back then, it was a golden generation. So you had JT, 100 grand a week, Rio, 100 grand a week, Ashley Cole, 100 grand a week. I get into the team and I'm only- Michael Richards, 150 eight, grand a week. No, no, but I'm 18 at the time. So I'm only, well, not only, I don't like the In words the England only. England squad at 18. Yeah, at 18. So I've not signed my, my big deal yet. So I think I'm on like five grand a week. I think that's what I'm on at the time. So I remember JT- John Terry, that is, sits us down in in a, we had a little meeting before one of the games and he goes, lads, we know the money doesn't mean that much to you when you come away. So what we're going to do, we're going to give all, all our bonuses away. So I'm thinking <laughs> to myself, he's on hundred grand a week. I'm on five grand a week. You can give your fucking bonuses away. I, I want to keep my fucking bonuses. And I just remember like we had to sign some waiver to say it was key. But I, ne I never forgave him after that. I wanna, when I mentioned it, because a couple years later, I mentioned it, he came to Villa, and I was like, JT absolutely killed me, man. He said, I know, but it was the right thing to do. So fair play to him, fair play to him. Yeah. My way, I was good. Brilliant. Question from Keith Odub, or Adub. Uh, what has Alan Shearer done with his winnings from the Silleth Golf Club uh, a few weeks back? And does he feel guilty still playing off seven? <laughs> you don't play seven. Six point nine. I'm actually. I might be cut because I played. Uh, I played yesterday, so I might be cut because I got thirty six points in a big competition at my local uh, club yesterday. Uh, so did you win cut, it? So. Nah, I came in. I was leading in the clubhouse, and thirty six. I had. I think thirty nine. Win won it in the end, but um, I'll still get cut for that. Do I feel guilty taking the winnings? Do I fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I bought a new sleeve of balls because I probably lost three or four that day as well. Yeah, brilliant. From Ben. Hi, guys. Barring injuries, how good do you think Brazilian Ronaldo could have been? Yeah. Well, he was, he was, let's put it this way. He was one of the absolute greats, even with his injuries. And at one point during his career, which was between the 1998 World Cup and the 2002 World Cup, he was out for three and a half years with the most horrendous knee injury. He came back, um, played just before the World Cup, got back into the Brazilian team and then won the Golden Boot, won the World Cup, scored two in the final and eight in the whole competition. So I think we can safely say without injuries, um, he would have been even better, which seems um, hard to believe because he would have obviously had way more success. Yeah, I think he would have been equal, if not better than Messi and Ronaldo. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Such was uh, such was his ability. But yeah. you're right; he was ravished by uh, by injuries, unfortunately. But yeah, what a player! Unbelievable, great, great player. Agreed. He'd have yeah. been the goat, the greatest yeah. of all time, without doubt. He was ridiculous. He had everything: touch, speed, technique, intelligence, yeah. timing of the run. Finishing, yeah, without doubt, it would have been the Here's goal. a question for you, both at their prime. Who's the best Ronaldo? R9. Yeah. R9. R9. Yeah. 
I think Cristiano Ronaldo mm. is a better goal scorer. So, like, if you look at R9's goals, and you look at uh, Ronaldo CR7's goals, Ronaldo just finds a way. R9's goals were uh, very elegant. Like, he beat three players, dink someone or whatever it may be. Whereas I think Cristiano just finds a way to score. So I think he would score more. Yeah. Brazilian Ronaldo would also score a lot of poachers' goals as well. So he had a, a bit of everything. Um, but yeah, it's an, it's, it's an interesting one, isn't it? I mean, two of the greats. I mean, young people now will go, nah, there's Cristiano, it's Cristiano. But he was that good, wasn't he? El Fenomeno. So Gary, you know Ronaldo, don't you? Well, I know them both. I've, I've interviewed um, both Cristiano and um, El Fenomeno. And um, actually, many times um, with the Brazilian Ronaldo, um, did a documentary with him relatively recently, um, which was fab. And he's a lovely, lovely man. Let's let, let me tell you that f- for starters. Um, just such an engaging personality, very warm, um, charismatic as well. And I also met him going back. Can you remember when they had the World Club Championship where Manchester United went and didn't play in the FA Cup because of that? And there was a massive Ferrari back home uh, about that. But we covered that tournament um, with the BBC. It was actually a great gig. We did about, I think, 10 days in January in Rio de Janeiro, which was quite a nice little um, <laughs> escape. And I remember interviewing um, Brazilian Ronaldo there and he had the big, that was right in the middle of those injuries we talked about. And he had the biggest scar you've ever seen on, on his knee. And he, he was saying that he's, you know, he's really difficult trying to get back. He's been injured for so long. And um, so I knew him back then. Um, and he also, I also interviewed him about, um, about, I don't know, three, four years ago for in Ibiza because um, we made a film um, with him. And he was telling me about the, because obviously in 1998, when they played in Paris, they had that huge thing where he was going to be in the team, then he wasn't in the team because he'd, he'd had some kind of seizure during the day in the hotel where he'd taken his siesta and then he woke up with medics all around him. And, and he was really, you know, he, in the end, they put the team in and he wasn't on it. And then five mm. minutes later, it was changed because he arrived in an ambulance, I think, for <laughs> yeah. and wanted to play. Um, and then they ended up losing that final. And there were all sorts of, it was a kind of a big conspiracy theories about whether it was it was done deliberately, whether it was a Nike thing, all lots of nonsense, obviously, like most conspiracy theories. And then I, I asked him the question for, I said, so four years later, you're playing in the World Cup final again. I said, did you take a siesta? And he went, <laughs> no. He said, for the only game in my whole career, he says, I'm not, I didn't fall asleep. I was too scared of it happening again. Wow. And and he said, I, I, I stayed awake. He said, I walked around the hotel. I, I tried to find someone that was not having a siesta before the final. He said, I found the, like the reserve goalkeeper. And we just, he said, we just sat there talking about anything just to keep me awake. Uh, and then he goes and, and, and scores two goals and they beat, um, beat Germany in the final. Um, so, so what a man, what it's a remarkable, man. That. And, so um, remarkable. Wow. on that, um, we'll have a break. Um, not a three and a half year break, but just a minute. <laughs> Hey, 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Free samples, free shipping, and our 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step and into your home too. Shop Blinds.com now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Welcome back to the rest of his football with Micah Richards, Alan Shearer and me, Gary Lineker. I've um, got a question from PG. Um, who was the one player in the league during your eras that you thought stood out above the rest? Well, you're the most modern era, Micah, so you should remember best. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll have to say Thierry Henry. Yes. Just, just, and we all know what he can do on the ball, but he just had some sort of confidence. You know, when you looked at him, it was almost like he was just oozing this self-belief that he could do absolutely anything on the pitch. And I think we've talked about it before, but early days I played against him. And you know, he always likes to hover at the left part of the pitch, so the, the right back area on the opposition's team. And he megged me and just winked at me, you know? And I was just like, wow, <laughs> like football is so easy. Did you do that lip twitchy thing? That yeah, you, just, you know, you know that, that little thing. So, so annoying that, isn't it? <laughs> I, I hate when he does that. It's like, so immature, grow up, will you? <laughs> but I, I would have to say Thierry Henry, definitely. I think you're only saying that because he, he might very well be a guest imminently Ooh. on our podcast as, as you are we well teasing know. it Gary are we just a little teaser a little there of what's teaser. coming soon he's such an arse licker isn't he Micah <laughs> <laughs> how did you think he got on the podcast Alan <laughs> <laughs> what about you Alan um, maybe Gaza and his pump um, mm-hmm. uh, before his injuries and all of that yeah probably, probably Gaza uh yeah, when I was coming towards the end, then Stephen Gerrard, I think Gerrard and scores also, but maybe maybe Gaza, yeah, it was unbelievable in his pump. Yeah, I was thinking Gaza, but um, as you had him, I'll go. How about Glenn Hoddle? Um, I mean, Glenn was the most gorgeous footballer. Um, he he was graceful and his touch and his vision and his passing were as good as any player that 
uh, of his time. And I used to feel for Glenn back then because we were kind of trapped into the world of 4-4-2 where the two centre players in midfield were kind of wanted to go, the other to chase yeah. back. So you had to do in the, the hard yards and that wasn't Glenn's game. In the modern game, you could, you know, he'd float around and he'd do his thing. And honestly, as as in terms of passing the football, there's there's can't be anyone much better than than Glenn Hoddle. Um, I've got a question from Ian McTaggart. Uh, in the light of Rangers sacking Michael Beale, uh, what do you feel about managers being sacked so early in the season? Um, that was an early one, wasn't it, Michael Beale? Yeah, but you you know you know Gary that there's there's two there's two clubs that have to fight for the title up there, and without looking at the league, I think they're already seven points behind. Already lost three games, um, uh, and th- that's not acceptable up in up in Scotland um, with Celtic or Rangers. So uh, it's not it was didn't come as a huge surprise to me. I said the other day, didn't we that. The nearer you get to international breaks, or you get to an international break, there's going to be, um, unfortunately, there's going to be sackings. And I still say, if if I know we've got one in a couple of weeks' time, so it wouldn't surprise me if um, if someone were to be sacked in the uh, in the Premier League also. It's, it's a tough occupation, uh, especially I suppose up there as well with you know the expectancy levels of of the fans of a club like Rangers will will be very high. Yeah, I, I, it's a strange one for me because Michael Beale, where he was talked about as a, as a great coach and when he was at QPR, was he staying? Was he going? And then obviously he was at, um, Aston Villa with Steven Gerrard. And I thought just by the way his teams played on the front foot, the way he spoke in interviews, I thought he would go up there and have a real good success. He got in, in a few squibbles with, with Chris Sutton on, on Twitter and uh, he was talking about... Did he? he? Used to, yeah, he was basically... He said something about Chris because Chris was... Um, he's Celtic, man. Co- yeah, he's Celtic and he's commentating on the games up, up in Scotland now. And he got drawn into that when perhaps he, he should have just focused on the football side of him because like he put more pressure on himself than anything. And uh, every time he was in the press conference, there was picking out little words and the pressures getting to him and all that sort of thing. And I just think he picked the wrong battles. He should have just concentrated on the wayside wanted to play. Um, but in, in the end, they just weren't good enough. But I was surprised because I thought he would do a really good job up there. Right. Um, from Joel Radcliffe, if you could swap places with any footballer and have their career, current or ex-player, who would it be and why? Now, if it was off the pitch, I'd definitely go Micah Richards. <laughs> <laughs> but, but on the pitch, um, well, I, it, it would have to be, have to be Messi. Now he's won absolutely everything. Um, it would have to be him, I think. Um, God, that. How could, about he? Sir Jeff Hurst Hattrick World Cup final? Yeah, that's a good shout. Although I'd, I'd be even older than I am now. <laughs> <laughs> Past or present that was. I mean, it doesn't no, get it's a any good bigger than the World Cup final hat-trick winning, does it? Oh, no, it doesn't. I wouldn't have thought so. No, that's a good... Yep. Yeah. Um, Micah? I'd probably go... I know what like, it is. I know what it is. Go on, what, what, what am I going to say, Gary? Pablo Zabaleta. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be afraid. If you, if you want to see me or Gary as well, feel free to see <laughs> Cherry Omri, Cherry Omri. I'm working with 
<laughs> no, you know what I was going to say? I was going to say Aguero just for that moment, that iconic moment in Premier League history. To score a goal like that in the 93rd minute, 20 seconds, 93-20, and score that, I would say, for that moment. Aguero! Agu- Oh, it was yeah. fantastic, wasn't it? It was. Fantastic. It was. A, it was an incredible moment. There's no question about that. Um, here's one. I think it's um, directed at Alan. Um, let's make this the last one. Uh, Damien Fairclough. I would love to have seen Alan in the East Lanx Derby. Was he aware of the importance of it while he was at Blackburn? And are there any games that you wish you could have played in but were unable to? Start us off with the East Lanks Derby. Tell us about it, Alan. Yeah, I never, uh, I never had the pleasure of playing in uh, in one, unfortunately. Um, Burnley, Blackburn, because um, they're always um, they're always in the league blows, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> but uh, I was definitely aware of the rivalry because wherever you go, people um, very much like Newcastle, Sunderland, or Spurs, Arsenal, or Celtic, Rangers, Everton, Liverpool. You always get a bit of. Your bit of banter with uh, with the fans, but if there was one game I could have played in the derby, it would have to be that Celtic Rangers one. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, haven't been there. I haven't been there as a fan. It's an unbelievable atmosphere, and you can get away with a few things as well. I have been to an East Lancs derby. Covered it for the. I think it was an FA Cup. It was. Um, right. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, it was quite nasty actually. Yeah, yeah, they don't like each other. Yeah, I tell you, I tell you what, I'd love to go to, and I've, I've I've been to the ground, Boca Juniors River Plate. The um, I've heard it's meant to be chaos. Buenos Aires Derby in Argentina. Yeah. It, I mean, I've been there when I when I was filming with Diego. Fucking hell, you've dropped some names on this one, haven't you? By the way, <laughs> you know, I've, I've been around a long time, Alan. <laughs> the Bombonera, Diego the Bombonera Ronaldo. Stadium. Honestly, when we went that day with Diego, he was um, we were filming him for three days doing a documentary um, with him, and he was he was brilliant. But his life was it was just incredible. It was madness everywhere. Hundreds of people. Have you seen um, Life of Brian? The sketch where they're all following the Messiah, or no, everyone <laughs> follows him everywhere. I, <laughs> this is the real Messiah. I should know. I followed a few and all that kind of stuff. A comedy, obviously, but his life was sort of like that. People everywhere they went. It was like he was treated in like a god, and yeah, and he was. I mean, he was quite nuts anyway. Diego, a lot of fun, and we went to what the game at the Bombonera it wasn't the derby against River Plate but it was it was obviously Boca Juniors and the atmosphere was incredible incredible they were jumping up and down and singing and stuff and he was joining in from his he's got a little um, box there where he watched the game and he was leaning so far over the balcony that his daughter was holding on to him so he wouldn't fall off and yeah he was I mean he was he was mad so I would I would say probably that one Micah yeah, I'd probably go Celtic Rangers. You too. Yeah, that, that that's the one that looks the most ferocious. Here's here's a question for you both: if if you were at the Celtic Rangers derby, which team oh. would you want to be playing for? <laughs> what are you trying to get? I go to Scotland quite often and I want to keep it that way. <laughs> There's no chance I'm picking, no chance. That's one question too far for you both, so let's call it a day. Um, <laughs> goodbye from me. Goodbye from me. Goodbye from me. Cheers. And we might be back soon with that special guest where we'll see Micah Richards crawling over Thierry Henry. <laughs> 
Goodbye. I'm Anthony Scaramucci, former White House Director of Communications and Wall Street financier. And I'm Katty Kay, U.S. Special Correspondent for BBC Studios. I've been covering American politics for almost three decades. Welcome to The Rest is Politics U.S., brought to you by Goalhanger. Go on, tell us, were those donations you made, like Obama in 2008, was that idealism? Were you hoping to get something out of these campaigns that would serve your own business interests, for example? So I think this will either make this podcast incredibly successful, Caddy, or people <laughs> will be horrified and they'll shut it off right now because I'm going to be very real with you. The Obama donation, I had gone to law school with President Obama. We were not classmates. I was a few years ahead of him. It was 2007. He was then Senator Obama. I had a check in my breast pocket. I went over to the senator. I said, Senator, I said, you and I didn't really know each other in law school, but I'm about to hand you a big check. Can I lie to my friends and tell them that you and I knew each other in law school? (laughs) Well, Obama looks at me, had the best smile in American politics since Jack Kennedy. Forever. Yeah. He lights up. He looks at me and says, I'll tell you what, if you double the amount of the check, we'll take it back to Hawaii, okay? And I looked at him. I said, you're done. I had another check in my pocket. I ripped it up. I doubled the amount of the check. And I'm going to tell you right now, I've been to more White House Christmas parties during the Obama administration than the Trump administration. In this pivotal year for the United States, democracy, and world affairs, Britain's biggest podcast, The Rest is Politics, is launching stateside. Uncovering secrets from inside the Biden and Trump inner circles and how they shape the world's most important economy, but also the global economy too. New episodes are released every Friday morning. Just search The Rest is Politics US wherever you get your podcasts.